In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Cleveland. I'm here with my co-host Jack. Jack, how are you, mate? I'm good. It's uh, it's game day, so uh, yeah, it's game day for me. Got some non-league football to go see, so uh, I'm happy. Uh, the sport continues. I was at a football match yesterday. I'm at a football match today, um, and rumours are I might be at a football match on Monday as well. Mate, what game were you at yesterday? I went to the eighth tier of English football. Um, neither of the teams I support went to Whitham away. Uh, I was with my mate who's an Averley fan. Wow, that is dedication if you're a real low league football fan. Just to make sure, guys, in America, Jack is going to go and watch a soccer match which is eight leagues below the NFL. That gives you how good the quality is. Yeah, the pitch looked, uh, if people are thinking the Mexico pitch is bad, this is a whole <laughs> new level. It looked like someone had literally put a tin fence around the little park. All right, excellent. Myself, uh, I'm off shooting today, so I may put some little social media videos up. And uh, tomorrow, England versus Croatia. I'm at Wembley watching soccer. Paul Brown versus Nathan Siguru. Bring it on. So, Brown's News. We're a Brown's podcast. Let's stay focused, Jack. Um, first of all, Chubb, my mate, Chubb, overdid your Mayfield and got Rookie of the Week. How do you feel about that? Well, at the end of the day, the, these things are voted on by people that love fantasy football and don't understand the NFL. So I'm, I'm not surprised. Chubb had a phenomenal game. But in all honesty, uh, Mayfield broke rookie records, the best rookie quarterback to ever throw 20 passes in a game. Um, it's, it, it was clear to see, if anyone wanted to uh, look at it sensibly, that Mayfield was the obvious pick. But hey, people love running backs. And the fact that... Um, a player like Todd Gurley is even in the MVP conversation just shows how little um, these people decide and understand what's going on. Mm. Well, he also got the uh, uh, FedEx um, ground player of the week as well. Oh, 100%. You deserve that. He had a phenomenal game for a running back, but he's still a running back. I made a little mistake this week. I just saw everyone posting about Chubb and I went crazy and did my research on... We've got seven out of uh, ten now, the Browns Rookies of the Week. And I went, Chubb's done it. He's won it. He's won Rookie of the Week. And then people were like saying, uh, Paul, it's another old prize he's won. I was like, whoops. But I left it on there. Do you know what the record is for most Rookies of the Week in a season? Jack, I don't know, but I'm sure you're going to tell me. It's 11. And that's held by two teams. I don't remember which year the Redskins did it, but last year the Saints did it. With Excellent. So, uh, I'll be tweeting about that later. And, um, yeah, the other thing uh, I was going to ask you about is that I, I saw something on the uh, Browns wire about uh, the O-line being um, one of the best in the league. So did you read about that? Yeah, seventh best in the league, which is yes and no. I can understand where they're coming from. Um, obviously, part of it's been scheme-driven problems of why we've seen sacks and issues. Um, our tackles haven't been great. But if you can get the ball out as quick as someone like Drew Brees then in two and a half seconds, 
the O-line doesn't look as bad. But yeah, the interior has been phenomenal. Zeitler and Tretter have been out of this world. Batonio's been very good. Um, Greg Robinson's had two surprising games. I liked him when we signed him. And uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, um, I think it's... Uh, I think we constantly, obviously, are looking at this left tackle, Greg Robinson and um, uh, Harrison. We always like, you know... Are they strong enough? But it's great to know that we've got a uh, top 10 O-line performance at the moment, according to the PFF. And uh, yeah, it's a nice little article, as one of our previous guests, uh, Jeff Risdom, did on it. So yeah, well done, Jeff. We like And a future guest with the Browns Wire is coming our way soon. Oh, are we going on them? Or, the, or what, what do you mean? Us. Okay. Excellent. You booked them. <laughs> oh. Did I? Oh. <laughs> Yeah, mate, talking about guests, uh, our diary is now full for the whole of November. So uh, I get quite a few messages from people saying, can I come on the show? I'm afraid to say we are fully booked for November. And I actually think that you've got a week planned in December. I think we're looking at mid-December until we can get room for some guests. Um, yeah, I think there's one show at the end. The first show left in December might be free. But... Um, yeah, well, we're absolutely rammed. I woke up this morning with, I think it was six, seven guests you'd sent me, and there were some absolute crackers in there. Um, there's one that I really wanted to get on, but I thought we wouldn't until nearer the off-season. But, hey, you've put him in there, Anna. Good work, buddy. Good, good. Just doing my headhunting, mate. Just doing my headhunting. Um, another little thing in the news today. Um, uh, Greg Williams came out, and he, he um, a lot of talk about him uh, getting the interview to become uh, the... Um, Head coach, have I said it correct? So, um, surely he's got the in, he's got the interview anyway, right? He, you, you've got to interview him because um, even if you're not considering him, finding out what is taken, what the problems are, what the issues are. But it wouldn't surprise me, depending on who comes in, if he still continues to do a good job, there's a very good chance he remains as DC. Obviously, it's never going to be a requirement. You can't go out there and go, we're going to hire a head coach, but you've got to have this defensive coordinator. But Lots of people will be looking at if he does a good job and going, actually, I want that person in the building. Um, so, no, it's, it's, it's an exciting time. Um, I still think he's got to win five or six of the next six games to stand a chance. Um, but it's one of them you never know. Yeah, um, I thought it was quite interesting. Maybe a small bit of a snippet that I don't think anyone else has covered, but I noticed uh, Dorsey mentioned talking about uh, Blake Williams. So in the press conference, Greg Williams came out and said uh, he thought Threddy's done an excellent job. And he also pinpointed that Blake Williams has done an excellent job as well. So listening to the things that Greg have said in, in the past and looking at Greg's way that he's moved from club to club, bringing his, uh, Blake, his son, through the club, I wonder if Greg's thinking, I become head coach. This gives me an excellent opportunity to bring uh, Blake on as a uh, DC. So that's just my view, Jack. We'll see. I don't think it'll happen. I think you might promote him to something else, but it, it, giving someone, giving a family member that role, just it looks too uh, questionable. Well, they come as a package, mate, and they've worked together well. So, um, last thing I want to mention is these EPL football shirts. Have you seen them? Yeah, I had to throw up when I saw it. It looks bloody horrendous. 
Uh, I was speaking to uh, Bo Bishop and he said the uh, Spurs Kane one looks like Penn State. So, um, um, so, to be fair, I'm no fan of Spurs, but out of the three that I've seen, the PSG, Spurs and Chelsea, the Spurs one does look the best of the three. I haven't done a lot of research. Do Man United, Man City have these shirts or is it just... Uh... I think it's all the Nike clubs at sort of the top of the world. So I don't know who they're with. So, um, yeah, it's Nike clubs seem to be the ones. Um, who knows? Okay, excellent. So, Jack, do you want to give us a bit of an overview of uh, what this show is going to be about? So, um, we decided that it was time to look forward to uh, free agency in the off-season. Not draft, because it's, it's too early for that, but we're just looking at the very first part. Sort of players that are coming up for free agency in 2019, that this season we've got to decide, do we re-sign them, do we let them go? Any players in the 2020 free agent class for the Browns that we might want to re-sign a year early? I know there's going to be certainly one player on defence. I would love to make sure we extend, but it's something a conversation worth having because some players, it's worth getting them a year early. Um, and then looking at the free agent class of who's out there in 2019 that we might like to pick up. And I've sort of gone with two rules where I've cut this list down. I've gone players aged 28 at the start of next season. Because we're still in a building phase. Um, if we're in a sort of Super Bowl running phase, you could go, oh, we're going to take this 30, 31-year-old free agent for one year, pay him a lot of money because we just need him for that little bit. But if we're going to be honest, we want to be signing players on sort of a three-year contract. We might do a one-year prove-it contract. But we want that three-year ideally or more because this player is going to be an important piece for us moving forward. Um, and I've looked at all the players hitting free agency and pulled out all the ones with an above-average PFF grade because we want to be adding talent. Um, and I don't watch every snap for every team, but the lovely lads at PFF um, do that for us. So I've taken all their numbers and then looked at the grade. So if some players played fantastically but only had three snaps, then uh, he's not on this list. This is looking at constant players that have played a lot and that are really good. So... We'll do it position by position. We're doing offence today. We'll do defence tomorrow and special teams tomorrow. But um, no. You ready to go, Paul? Let's do it then. Callback. What's your... Do you want to read out the callback side? So, 2019 free agent is Tyrod Taylor, who's ranked 36th in quarterbacks um, in the league at the moment. And then 2020 free agent is Drew Stanton. So, over to you, Paul. Do you want to... Resign any of them, extend them early. What's your views? Yeah, I think the first question I'm going to ask you, Jack, is: Is there still a, is um, Tyrod still um, got a good uh, trade uh, value in him? There's well, you, you can't trade him unless you franchise tag him. So um, okay, so yes, of course. So um, he's gone then, yeah. Yeah, um, we'll either re-sign him, which Dorsey floated the idea earlier in the off, uh, earlier in the season. Um, I can't see it unless he's willing to go dirt cheap at sort of four, five, six million. But in all honesty, personally, I don't want him to hang yeah. around. He hasn't shown enough talent. Um, me, I'm always a fan of my three parts of a QB room is your starter, your backup, who's an experienced head, and then your youngster who you might hope might develop into something. You might be able to trade them off. You might get an injury and they might become something useful in the future. So Baker's your starter. For me, I'm happy to have Drew Stanton for another year and a half. I think if he comes in, he can do a solid job for a week if Baker gets an injury. And 
go out and draft someone. All right, Jack. You're okay. We, I think I agree with you on that. I think um, there's no point of keeping uh, two. Let's just call them both vets on the uh, on the roster. Um, where would you like to draft a quarterback next year, or is there anyone in free agent you got your eye on to maybe come in? Um, what about, for example, um, Brock? For example, uh, would you like him, a uh, Brogan, to come uh, to come in as our third quarterback, or is there anyone out there? And yeah, who? Would, what position would you like to draft next year? Was that a return of Broby? Yeah, Broby. Yeah. <laughs> so, looking at the potential free agents according to PFF that uh, hit that rating that I specified earlier, there's zero. Um, there is no one out there um, because obviously, if you're playing, then you're probably not in free agency. Um, for me, I would either address it in sort of the fifth, sixth, seventh round. Um, just pick up someone that you like the look of and might develop into a league long backup um and yeah just pick some it might be udfa um brings in some people see what they can do yeah really you think that um it'd be good to have a um undrafted free agent in, on our roster as a um as a browns quarterback yeah so the third one that you hope might develop into someone because at the end of the day the sixth and seventh picks rarely make a roster um, so you pick one up and you, you just see what they do in the sixth and seventh round, have them for a year. And then if they don't make it, then fine. Send them away. Obviously if you get to the sixth and seventh round and there's none of them on the, uh, on the draft board that you like, don't bother, um, pick up some UDFAs and see what they do. A couple of camp arms and keep one of them around, but it's always worth just having an extra one around that knows the playbook. And who knows if they turn into something solid, then you can trade them off to another team or you've got a cheap player for the next four years who you're paying literally nothing to, and they might become your backup after Drew Stanton goes. Yeah, okay. And um, in the uh, last draft, was there like a quarterback that uh, you were, had your eyes on that you um, would have liked to have taken later on? Like um, Rudolph, for example, at the, um, at the... I know I think he went in the third round, didn't he? But someone like that, you know, that... It's not first, second round uh, quality, but then could slip down and be an actually uh, uh, maybe a good uh, gamble. Look at Tom Brady, for example. He went sixth round. Yeah, trying to find the next Tom Brady's uh, a bit of a challenge. Um, was there in the sixth and seventh round? I've, I've honestly got to go back and look because I didn't spend too much looking at that end of the draft. But I, th- I think I have one. Um, uh, what was he called? Kyle Letter. Uh, he was went, I think, in the third round. Oh, uh, did he get that high in the end? Yeah, and then he's got arrested for uh, driving-related offences. Um, oh, that, that suits the Browns really well, yeah. um, driving offences. Or, or what about, um, remember Senior Bowl, Mike, uh, Mike White, remember him? Yeah, Mike White was a name floated. Um, you've got some names around, so you've got Luke Falk. Um, I wasn't a fan of Tanner Lee. Um, Danny Etling was intriguing. Alex McGough drafted by the Seahawks. I don't really know. Um, anyone else in here? Yeah, Mike Michael- Woodside, which I wasn't really interested with. And then who was that chap drafted? Um, uh, the troublesome one, Denver Cut, Chad Kelly. So, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Mike White's at the um, Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. So- oh, I could make well. I think we both agree we don't want to sign anyone 
uh, affecting our cap space. Anyone big? We've got Mayfield. We've got Stanton. If Mayfield get injured, we've got Stanton. And then we just want a third quarterback, yeah? Yep, that does me. On to the running backs. Excellent. Well, we both agree on one thing here, and that's um, we both like taking uh, running backs um, late in the um, in the draft. But just give us an overview of what we're looking like going forward, mate. So, no free agents this year. Um, 2020 free agent Dontrell Hilliard, who obviously plays a bit more special teams, but um, not going to be a quarterback based on his performance in the last game. Um, and just uh, there's a few free agents. Mike Davis, 15th rated. Peyton Barber, 36th rated. T.Y. Montgomery, 38th rated. Spencer Ware, 42nd rated. Buck Allen, 44th rated. Jalen Richard, 47th rated. Alex Collins, 50th. And then, obviously, Lev Bell, who's the one player I've included that's not rated. But, quite frankly, I don't want any of them in free agency. Um, get them in the draft. Get them cheap. Um, take, take one in the 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th round. Um, there was so much talent late on. Ito Smith was just a massive fan of Ito Smith, who's um, now at the Falcons. You, you can get a running back late on. Add one. They can be an ideal person to take in the sixth, seventh round as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually agreeing on that, mate. I would love. I get really excited in the in the day two, three of the draft, especially day three. What's left, you know? And um, yeah, I would love us to take a running back and a quarterback in day three. Actually, I think there there'd be two nice days of getting us our uh, Brady. And I'm trying to think of a, a successful uh, running back over the years that's been picked up late on. So. Uh, there's no such thing as successful running back. <laughs> Come on, Jack. Be nice. All right, let's move it on. Fullback. Fullback. Austin Charles was a surprise. Ranks fifth for fullbacks, according to PFF. He's out of contract this year. Um, for me, give him sort of some non-guarantee contract and bring him back for um, training camp next year. You might, you'll probably get some UDFAs coming. Danny Vitale might be back as a uh, camp body and then see who you like. Is, is that Flowers guy being signed up by anyone, do you know? He's still available, which is a surprise. Um, I, w- I would have liked us to pick up Dimitri Flowers, who's uh, obviously the links to Baker, but is sort of a fullback and running back. Um, him as sort of the fourth body in that room, I think would be really good. Um, but no, Orson Charles, he's starting to learn how to catch. Yeah, it's nuts. Um, give Browns their credit and us knowing nothing. I'm joking, fans. We do know a little bit. Um, yeah, Orson Charles, three teams wanted to hire him, if I'm correct. And the Browns used their waiver power to actually get him. And now he's ranked fifth in, out of 32 teams. So, it's, you know. Uh, lots of teams won't use a fullback. So, oh. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if there's only eight, nine, ten of them oh. ranked because they've played enough snaps. Um, but he, 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 he's okay. Um Personally, it will depend. If the next offensive coordinator and head coach doesn't use a fullback, then he might not hang around. But sort out a deal, end of the year, give him the minimum one-year contract, no guaranteed money, and see if he wants to come back to uh, camp. That's what I'd say. Well, I'm going to save the wide receiver room to last because I think that's going to be quite a big discussion. So let's go um, tight end. So no 2019 free agents. 2020, you've got Seth DeVal and Faro Brown. Um, Seth DeVal is just gutting that you can't get more snaps. He's basically um, free to come back to camp next year. I think if we cut him, it's $3,000 um, dead cap. Faro Brown, 
just let him go. I, I think he might come back for camp potentially, um, but he's not going to hang around if we can find someone better. Um, can't see him making the roster. But um, no, Seth Deval, I'd I'd love to keep, but there's no point extending that contract until we can see if he can stay injury-free and everything else. Yeah, it always amazes me. We've obviously had the big piece of why is Duke Johnson not, Duke Johnson not getting enough snaps, and now he is. Seth Deval, he can catch a ball. He's a good uh, uh, route runner. I don't understand why he's not getting more. So, yeah. someone, I would yeah. get him out of the tight end room and I would literally put him in as a slot wide receiver. I think he can do a fantastic job there. And for me, that, that's where I'd be playing him. All right, mate. Give me um, three names in the uh, tight end the room that are coming to free agents that we should be uh, looking at. I'm going to give you all nine. I love it too much. James O'Shaughnessy, 13th rated. Jesse James, 14th rated. Nick O'Leary, 16th rated. Max Williams, 23rd. Jeff Hewerman, 30th. Chris Manhurts, 35th. Dimitri Harris, 38th. Logan Thomas, 39th. Nick Boyle, 42nd. Um, in all honesty, don't think we need one. Um, you've got <laughs> Fells, you've got Njoku, you've got the Valve. That's enough. Um, you might add um, sort of a free agent into the mix. Um, no, I'd, I'd say in, unless someone really sticks out, don't draft on it. It's quite a good draft class, the early reports for tight ends. But um, I would say you wait um, until next year and just run with the three of them. I think we've got three fantastic tight ends. Jack, don't you want that dream though, of the two big, huge tight ends that you always talk about? I do, but I think we've got bigger needs um, in the top of the draft this year. Um, so, no, I, I would love the two tight end sets. So, next year, if, if we can sort our stuff out um, this year in free agency in the draft, I've got no issue taking a, a tight end number um, in the first round next year. Oh, my God. It's an exclusive from Jack. Mate, I love tight ends. Tight ends is one of the, I think, five positions I, I like taking in the first round. So, on offense, three yeah, positions I take in the first round are QB, tight end, left tackle. Any of that. I'm, other than them, I'm not interested in drafting anyone in the first round. Okay. And, uh, yeah, looking at our uh, O-line now, uh, Greg, Ro Greg Robinson finishes in uh, 2019. So, I would love to give Greg Robinson a three-year, $5 million contract. I don't know if he'd take it and um, give him a million guaranteed in the first year, half a million in the second year. Um, because for me, he is a fantastic sort of third swing tackle. Potentially, he's our right tackle of the future. Mm. Any idea what uh, Greg's on um, salary-wise? 790000 No guaranteed money, I believe. Um, because he's bounced around teams. And no one wanted him. So you reckon that we would go that high to keep him? Um, three, five million over three years? I, I, I would happily pay that. And the reason why I'd happily pay that is because I don't want to, I want it to be a long-term contract because the trouble is if you keep him for a year and he does a good job or he becomes that right tackle um, next year, then you're going to have to pay him a lot more than that. So if you pay him three years, five million with an okay level of guarantees, maybe even more than ask, then you've got him tied down. So I, I would happily do that. Give him a chance to, um, fight for the um, right tackle job. Um, and yeah, see where we're at. Well, now, Jack, you want to talk about some names. I think we're the first podcast to talk about uh, three agents 2019. 
these are some of the names that we're going to be hearing about next year because obviously uh, tackle is obviously a, a key area where we could add some more depth. So, Jack, do you want to go away of all nine names? I, but um, oh. just one second before I go on to that. Um, some of these are right tackles, some are left tackles, and also some of these, many of these free agents are going to get re-signed before they even hit free agency. There'll be some in there that have got like um, extension, one-year extensions the teams can fire in with tenders. I haven't been able to dig into all that, but here we go. Um, there's some, a couple of difficult names in here. Uh, Justin McRae, 18th rated, Matt Feeler, 23rd, Trenton Brown, 34th, Jawan James, 41st, Billy Turner, 45th, Donovan Smith, 51st, Kendall Lamb, um, 56th, and Josh Wells, 58th. Um, potentially, there might be the right tackle in there because I ha even though I was up for signing him, I haven't been impressed with uh, Hubbard. So, I think we might sign a free agent or if we can extend Greg Robinson and we're happy to use him there or maybe um, Harrison and let the two of them compete over there and see who's going to be that right tackle and who's going to be the swing tackle. Um, because for me, we're taking a tackle um, in the first round of the draft this year, if there is one. Yeah. We don't have a lot to debate about on the draft because I think we feel very strongly about um, uh, DT tackle and cornerback I think they're my three uh, first picks yeah I'd add um, potentially wide receiver into that mix um, but no I, I'm thinking during the off season potentially spending a week on each position room getting on sort of a specialist guest so when we chat quarterbacks there's no one better than saying Mark Schofield and then we'll fire through each room and then have a really good breakdown and rank where we're in in each division um, and I, I think we can do a really really nice week of shows then alright excellent uh, looking at the guard. So guards, the only one up this year is Earl Watford. Um, I've got no interest in uh, seeing him stay. Hang on a minute, mate. He is one of my Twitter followers. So theoretically, he's a listener of the show. So we have to be very careful what we say about Earl Watford. Was I careful about what I said about Hugh? Hugh didn't listen to our show. Maybe. don't know. Who knows? Uh, All right, excellent. And, um, yeah, let's look at some of the guards available. So, Mark Glowinski is fifth rated, Quinton Spain 16th, John Miller 39th, AJ McCann 41st. Yeah. How's our depth looking like at guard? So, it all depends where you rate Corbett. Um, there's rumours he's going to be a guard or centre, so he, he might just be our spare interior man uh, for the time being um so who knows there's rumors he's been getting quite a few snaps at center so i don't know if that's a case of the jc treader injury or that's where they might i mean see him uh moving forward um and how's um how's zeitler getting on because you look at the pff all the time and best pass blocking guard in the nfl right now really yep he's he's been a monster this year um, okay, cool. And uh, yeah, so who, who if, if Joel or Zyla uh, got injured, who would step up in guard? Corbett cool. and anyone else? Yeah, anyone else we've got on that? It'd just be, oh, potentially Greg Robinson would be the other one um, to go in there. Um, could, he, he could do a job. I think he 
was had a couple of snaps or series there in pre-season. It might have been just training camp. But I think I did see him play left guard at one point. Um, I might be just making that up, but uh, I, I think I saw it. And for me, there won't be any free agents coming in there. We've got two of the um, two of the top guards in the NFL, so you're not going to add a free agent into that room. There's uh, well, that's maybe one of the good things that Hugh Jackson did, bring him over from the Bengals. And um, come so, on, Jack. Give... It was Sashi that signed him. It was nothing. It's not like it's not like the transfer market in football where the manager just brings a player with him. A soccer. Um, Sashi went out and. Should he have paid as much as he did for Zeitler? Probably not. But, Ooh. hey. Put Sashi under the brown eye, Jack. Oh, mate, he made him the highest paid guard in the NFL. He's not now. He's the third highest. But he was. Yeah, and look at it. Fair play to Sashi. Look at him now. He's producing the goods. So, um, all right, excellent. And, um, yeah, where do you think we should take a guard next year in the, in the draft? I don't even bother. I, I, I think maybe late on for a guard or centre. It all depends. Wherever they see Corbett being... Um, take the other one, sort of, and maybe not even bother and bring in some undrafted players. But if if there's someone there on sort of day three that you like, then by all means grab them and see what happens. Um, but no, I, personally, I like having three guards, two centres, um, and four tackles because it just gives you the options. I'd much rather have extra depth there. Um, so. I, if there's someone they like, take them, but it's not a position where you have to add someone. All right, great. And now looking at centre. So no 2019 free agents. 2020, Tretter's up, who's rated 10th, according to PFF, as centres at the moment. Um, I, I think it, if Corbett steps up and they really like Corbett in this off-season, then Tretter is a serious trade candidate for this off-season. Um, Personally, I've got no issue keeping him around. He's not that old. Um, so, yeah, I think... He's expensive, he, though, isn't he, Jack? No, he's, he's not too bad. Um, it's not crazy. He's not dirt cheap, but he's... he's what, really, any idea what he costs? I think it's in the six million mark, but... Um, and you recommended centre should be around that, didn't you? I didn't... I didn't... Re- I just... I grade the whole O-line as a uh, okay. group. So we're paying more for our O-line than we should. We do need to find cheaper answers. But you've got Baker on a cheap deal. And if if you want all the spare money you get from Baker, if you want to plough that into the O-line, that's fine. But then your receivers are hurt, especially with so much money tied up into one player. Um, JC Tretter is on 6.75 million. Um, Next year, he is on 6.75 million. So it's not a bad contract. so, yeah, you can't complain. So, really, we need to keep watching Corbett because what Corbett does will define what we're going to do in the draft around the O-line a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, Corbett is the main one that will decide what we, what we do. All right, good. Well, let's move on to the big one. The big one. Um, just to go through the three names at centre, uh, Mitch Moore, 16th, Matt... Uh, Skura 20th and Trey Hopkins 23rd but yeah the big one um, where we need the names is wide receivers so we'll, we'll do the, th- the three parts separately 2019 free agents Rashad Higgins Rod Streeter Rashad Perryman what do you make of that Paul? Yeah I think um, 
obviously at the start of the season you weren't so pro Higgins. I think now coming in, um, Higgins deserves a contract in my eyes. Jack, what do you think? Oh, hundred percent. Um, time up for three, four years. Um, uh, yeah, I hadn't seen that much from Higgins, but third year is the key year. And I always thought it'd be a case of the new GM. Usually it's my guys. Um, so the likes of Higgins and Lewis would be out the door. Um, and oh, Higgins proved himself. I, I don't know if Higgins is that much better than everyone else, or it's a case of Baker was only allowed to practice with the twos in uh, camp, so he's got a much better rapport with them. But either way, Higgins and Baker is a great combo. Um, Rod Streeter, I've got no interest. Um, and Rashad Perryman's been, been a surprise. So if we can get him on a, uh, the same as sort of Austin Charles of a, no guarantees. Um, I'd give him like five grand to come back to camp or something as a workout bonus and um, sign, sign him up for a one-year deal. I wouldn't be opposed. What type of contract do you think we need to do to get to Higgins? I'm honestly, I'm not sure. Um, five, five million for a year? Oh, you, you would need to give more than that. Um, what sort of similar players are out there um and Perryman what do you, um, Perryman's gonna be something similar as well right he's 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 uh what first round talent we've given him a chance oh Perryman's gonna be dirt cheap no one no yeah. one in the league wants him so uh I, I think you can sign him to sort of a a million no guaranteed a small uh workout bonus in there for coming to camp and uh see what he does. Um, he's probably one of them. You, you let compete for that fifth, sixth wide receiver job at camp. Um, but Higgins, if you said sort of two and a half, three million a year, I, I think that'd be fair enough. Give him a three-year, eight million maybe. Uh, that, that's pure guesswork. I have got no idea. But I, I think that... Yeah, that'll get it done. All right. Well, look, maybe do some research, man. Come back to me online about that one. I'm it's, quite it's, interested. It's, uh, I don't know what he's going to be asking for. I haven't, I haven't spoke to his agent. <laughs> but, mate, you could work out someone similar to him in a different team. and it's, it's difficult to work out because it's what the Browns value him at. Um, are they going to hammer him with injuries because he's had that problem? Um, is he going to ask for more because he's Baker's favourite target? Is he going to ask for more because we've got cap space? Um, it's hard, but I, I think if I had to guess, three, three years, eight million, I could see that. 2.6 a year. All right, great. Uh, Browns, 2020 free agents? Uh, Ricardo Lewis, Damari Scott. I think they both turn up to camp and they're not here by the end of camp. Um, Ricardo Lewis could surprise us. You know I'm pro uh, Higgins and Lewis, so... I just think with the room where it is, if you add a free agent and you draft someone, say in the second or third round, we've got a second and two thirds, then he doesn't survive. And that's just unfortunately the way it is. So I think he's here for camp, but he's not here much longer. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, looking at this, I think, um, yeah, you go through your um, potential uh, 2019 targets and then I'm going to come back with some thoughts. So I'll, I'll go through all of them because I, it could be anyone. Uh, Quincy Anumar, 33rd. Devin Funches, 35th. Tyrell Williams, 36th. Adam Humphreys, 41st. Philip Dorsett, 57th. 
David Moore, 58th, Jordan Matthews, 63, Dante Moncrief, 80th, Maurice Harris, 82nd, Jermaine Crowder, 83rd, and Geronimo Allison, 89th, and also 89th, Randall Cobb. Cobb. Cobb, Cobb. Sign him up. Um, yeah, there's a lot of names there that I know, obviously, through fantasy football. Um, but yeah, do you think there's anyone there that you think will be available? So, I think Quincy Newmar gets re-signed by the Jets. Um, Devon Funches might not get re-signed just because if they're all in on DJ Moore, then that might be one they don't look to re-sign. And I quite like Devon Funches. He's not worldy, but he's solid. Tyrell Williams, the Chargers. Who knows where they're at cap-wise and they're all over the place. Philip Rivers can elevate the player of anyone. So he might be the player we potentially bring in to take the top off the defence. He won't catch many passes, but he'll run really far and really fast. So he's one of them that Philip Rivers only targets a couple of times a game, but he gets them two catches for 136 yards and two touchdowns. Adam Humphreys will get re-signed, I believe. Philip Dorsett will be available. Um, uh, maybe. Used to be a first-round pick, so probably got some talent. Um, what about you? Uh, mate, uh, I only know him all through fantasy football. So, um, yeah, my, my shout would be, uh, obviously, uh, um, Moncrief. I, I like him at the moment. And... Um, yeah, Cobb. I like Cobb. So, yeah, mate, I'll, I'll just be picking names out of a hat like I do with um, uh, Fancy Football. Uh, Terrell Williams, yeah, would be good also. So, yeah, there's a few names there. I guess my question for you is, uh, Jack, and I, this is almost like a bonus episode, is if we look at a wide receiver room now, we've got Landry, Higgins, Callaway, which I think are all going to be around next year, hopefully. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, that, that, well, unless Callaway does something stupid in the off-season, yeah, they'll all be here next year. And let's just say Ratley in there, because they've obviously gambled on there and they're not going to cut a gamble. Would you agree? He'll be here for camp. Um, does he make it out of camp? I don't know. It depends what they add, because he's only a sixth-round pick, so it, it wasn't really... There's not, nothing invested in him. OK, so we've got the three... We've got three names that are definitely going to be in the... Um, we said that last year with uh, Corey Coleman. But yeah, we've got three names there. And we like to have six on our roster. So I think then you've got Ricardo Lewis, Perryman, Ratley, and a third round pick and free agent all to fight over them last three places. Is that fair? I, I reckon you're looking at sort of the Perryman, Lewis, Ratley. They're fighting over one spot. Um, I would say uh, potentially alongside any of these free agents additions. So maybe Damari Scott in there, maybe the others. I think we draft one and we sign one. And it, the important thing to remember is you've got them sort of, you've got your outside wide receivers and your inside. So in terms of your inside, do they potentially look to move um, Landry back to the slot where he obviously can do a little bit more? Um, He's more used to. He hasn't got the athletic burst to get down the outside. So if you potentially go, we're going to go on the outside, maybe a Terrell Williams and a Callaway, um, then sort of in your, have Higgins um, on the other way, which he's more of a slot as well, but can do a bit of other stuff. Um, 
signed sort of someone in the second or third round, have um, Landry and then one of these, Ricardo Lewis, Ratley, Perryman. Um, that, that could easily be your room of six, but I think you're looking at adding one of these names. Personally, for me, if I had to cut it down to three, I'm looking at Funches, Williams and Dorsett probably in that list. Yeah, okay. And, uh, yeah, how would you feel, right? We take, um, what's it called? Just say we, say we take a DN, uh, a defensive end as our first-round pick, okay? Okay, we just do it. We go on talent this time, okay? We go on talent rather than analytics, and we take the best player available. It's, uh, um, I know you're upset about that, Jack. Well, um, this best player available needs to be it's, – it's balanced. You, you take the best player available – in a position where you need it. So if we're going, there's four or five positions that we want to draft. So DN, D tackle, wide receiver, left tackle, um, and maybe cornerback. And yeah, if the best one of them is a DN, take a DN. Okay, we take DA, DE. How do you feel if we take a wide receiver with a second round pick? Yeah, I've, I've, got, I've got no issue. So personally, third and below is where I really like picking up wide receivers because it's one of them. There's so many of them out there. Pick them and see what you get. But Second is perfectly fine. I just don't want to take them in the first round because it's a position where right off their first year, maybe in the second year you see them as a role player. And then in the third year, that's where they can break out and become a wide receiver one. They're either going to probably do it or they're not going to do it. So, yeah, it's, it, I want a more instant impact if I'm taking a round one talent or, or someone cheaper because if you're right off your first year, you're a role player in your second, you break out in your third, You've got the fourth year and fifth year that you can add on as a first-round talent, and then you've got to pay them a massive deal. It's, it's not the savviest move in the world. Yeah. All right, great. Well, look, Jack, I really enjoyed that episode. Yep, I, I think it's a really good chat, and it's really good to look forward to, because these are some of the names that, especially this week when there's no Browns to watch on TV, that you might go, you sat there watching the Red Zone, and you're like, oh, Devin Funch has just made a good catch. Maybe he'll be a Brown. All right, excellent. Anything else you want to finish off with? You're all done? Just make sure you come back tomorrow. We're going to do the defence and uh, we'll have a really good chat about that. Excellent. Well, I've got a world exclusive. Woo! The Browns fans podcasts are going to have a game on Sunday. That's right. England, a.k.a. Paul and Jack, are going to challenge surviving the season and potentially Pete Smith in a one-off Browns podcast game. Jack, do you want to give the overview of a little bit how the game's going to work? Well, I'm going to leave them in suspense and we'll give them okay. a bit more details tomorrow, but it's going to be good, guys. We're, uh, and then we'll be turning over to you guys to judge it. Oh, are we going to do a poll to see which team wins? So, yeah, we're going to get some experts in to see who uh, they think wins, but then we're also going to let you guys vote on it afterwards. I've got an idea. We have two, two guests or two um, uh, refs and one vote for the people. How about that? We can do that. Um, obviously, we won't be able to put the people's vote in the podcast when we drop it, but, hey, we'll see what happens. All right, excellent. As we know, we're always thinking crazy, wacky ideas on this podcast. But, yeah, Jack, thanks a lot for your time. Have a good one, Paul, and uh, I'll see you tomorrow. Excellent. Yeah, cheers, guys. Thanks a lot for listening. Uh, we've had some awesome numbers this week on listening. Please keep retweeting. Please keep reviews. 
please keep uh, commenting. And um, I'm not going to apologize, but I uh, hope you understand my um, English versus American banter is always a bit of fun. So when I start slagging off your food, please don't take it personally. You can come back at me with my bad teeth. I don't know, whatever you will ever dig at me about. So uh, it is all a bit of fun. So uh, yeah, guys, thanks for listening. Have a great Saturday and uh, speak to you tomorrow. Change is coming. There's change.